coming up on The Dr. John Deloney Show. I'm just trying to get some guidance on how to put a 20-year friendship to bed. They definitely did a thing. My best friend, basically my brother, he made a pass at my fiance. The kicker that I can't get past, he's like, I just wanted to know what it would feel like. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show, the greatest mental health and emotional health and marriage, parenting, and whatever else is going on in your life podcast ever recorded. My friends tell me I speak almost exclusively in hyperbole, so that may have been a bit of an exaggeration, but I'm glad that you are with us on the show. We talk to real people who are going through challenges in their life, and my promise is I'll sit with you in the mess even when nobody else will, I'll sit with you and we will figure out what the best next move is. If you want to be on this show, talk about your marriage, we'll talk about what's going on with your in-laws, we'll talk about your kids, whatever your, your mental health, your emotional health, whatever, whatever you got going on. If you want to be on the show, give me a buzz at 1-844-693-3291. 1-844-693-3291 or go to johndeloney.com slash ask, A-S-K. And I do not know all the answers. I promise. I don't know a lot of them. And if my friends and colleagues across the country or the scientific literature doesn't address it, I'll say so out loud. I'll say, I don't know. And then I think one thing that's missing from the world is people not just giving their opinion, but saying, here's what I would do if it was my sister. Here's what I would do if it was my dad. Here's what I'd do if it was me. And letting you know, here's the move I would make in my house. I don't have any science to back it up. Here's what I would do. And so it's a combination of all of it. I'm so grateful that you have chosen to join us, man. And if you want to be on the show, give me a call. And don't forget my book, my brand new one, Building a Non-Anxious Life. I think it's the antidote to the world that we live in right now, which is just madness. An unintentional madhouse run amok. Um, Building a Non-Anxious Life lays out a roadmap. The six choices you can make on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis to create a life worth living create a life that is not so fried all of the time. And it pulls together tons of research, tons of other books, tons of other authors that are way more brilliant than I am and sets it into a book. I tried to make it as simple as possible, just a conversation between me and you. Here's the next right move. And here's how to build something worth living, right? And so building a non-anxious life, go to johndeloney.com and pre-order it now. It's 20 bucks and I'm trying to bribe you. So I'll send you a bunch of other stuff like the audiobook and like a download talk. But I'll send you a bunch of stuff. Go to johndeloney.com, 20 bucks, check it out. All right, let's go out to California and talk to Gerard. What's up, Jared? How we doing, man? Pretty good, Dr. John. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Yes. (laughs) I always hope people will say that. And you did. So that's awesome. You made my day. What's up, I got man? your back, man. Don't worry. Um, yeah, thanks for taking my call. So um, basically, I'm just trying to get some some guidance and uh, maybe some next steps on how to put a 20 year friendship to bed and let go. Oh, uh, wait! Um, <laughs> Almost always, that's a, somebody did a thing. What happened? Oh, they definitely did a thing. Oh, a little no! bit of a <laughs> What is it, man? All right, so I guess I'll give you a little bit of backstory. Um, I have a, a, I mean, he's my best friend, or was, I guess I should say, basically my brother. I mean, 20 years is a long time to have a friendship, right? Hey, call that out. uh, That is, A, this sounds like the beginning to a Dawson's Creek episode, I'm not going to lie, and I'm super excited (laughs) about it. Two, um, yeah, that's a brother, dude. 20 years, 
side by side, that's a brother, right? Yeah, that's definitely. A so anyway, um, I met my fiance uh, about five years ago. We got engaged last year. Uh, our wedding's actually coming up in 16 days at this point. Very cool. Congratulations, man. Thank, thank you. Um, anyway, so um, my best friend and my fiance, they didn't always see eye to eye. Um, you know, it was, uh, I think, a little bit of, you know, vying for my attention at some at some points, you know, and, uh, so anyway, they, over the past few years have really gotten close. Um, you know, him and his wife, we barbecue together. We hang out all the time, you know, we're, it's the crew. Right. And, uh, and so they finally gotten to a point, my fiance and, and him where, you know, they were, they were tight. Everything was going well. And, uh, he actually, uh, his, him and his wife's, four-year wedding anniversary just passed and he thought it would be cool to kind of repropose to her because they kind of eloped the first time. And, uh, he asked me to host it at my house, you know, kind of a surprise shindig reproposal. And I was like, of course, brother, like I got you, I'll have everybody over. We'll keep a surprise, yada, yada. Um, so that all went fine. It was nice. They stayed over afterwards to, you know, barbecue, hang out. We were having some celebratory drinks and what have you. And, uh, I ended up, me and his wife ended up, um, you know, going to bed. It was late and I'm not, not together, let, right? Not together. Okay. No, I was going to clarify that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just, I held my breath there for a second. Yeah. I, I was hoping you were calling to tell me how bad your friend was because you slept <laughs> with his wife. Okay, good. So that didn't happen. So you and his no, no. wife went to bed separately. I feel like separately. I know where this story's headed. Then what? Yeah. He, uh, he made a pass at my fiance. What does that mean? He, uh, he tried to kiss her. Okay. And when they were, and it, it, they were, you know, out obviously by themselves talking together. And, uh, it's funny because he, it wasn't just like a, like a drunken, no, I'm going to lean in and make a pass. Like he physically grabbed her face and pulled it toward him to try to kiss her. Hmm. And, uh, she pushed him away and dodged it and was like, you know, what the heck are you doing? And, uh, he, hopefully she tried, used stronger language than that. She definitely did. I'm trying to keep it. All radio. right. Cool. Very cool. You're a good guy. It, it helps the sound engineer not have to make so many edits. So good for you. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, she pushed him off and, and dodged it. So nothing happened, but then he went in and tried again to kiss her a second time. And I mean, she let him have it. My fiance is a, a strong woman. It's part of the reason I'm with her. She, she doesn't take any crap, you know? So she kind of let him have it. And he, uh, he tried to make her the reason for his choice in that instance, saying that, you know, earlier in the night she had complimented him and told him he looked nice. And he actually wrote us a, he was supposed to be the best man at my wedding, by the way. So there's another, there's another wrench to throw in it. But yeah, he uh, opted out of that role. He he self-selected uh, out, right? Uh, definitely. But he wrote you but, a letter. Uh, no, he had written us a song that he was going to play at our wedding. Was it a love song a to your to your wife? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say at this point. Looking back, you know, 
Wow. But anyway, it was it was obvious it was obviously like an emotional song. We were all emotional, and so you know, he she like had his, her hand on his shoulder like while we were listening to the song, and so he used that as uh, his invitation, I guess, to uh, to make a, a pass at her when I was asleep, uh, and and then then took it one step further and was like. You know, uh, you've just been so nice to me lately, and uh, I don't know what it is. It's just your eyes, and <laughs> here's the kicker that he said that I, I can't get past, John, is he's like, I just wanted to know what it would feel like. And uh, What an idiot. Well, I mean, I always had another word, just idiot. And so let me, let me I want to clarify something, just because I know in these moments— after 20 years, like there's the rage, then there's the upset. And then, and then if you're honest, hundred percent honest, there's been some quiet in the back of your mind. Did, did she like lead on? Like, was she, did she play any part of this? That's my, that's my brother. Right. And so oh, yeah. l- let me be super clear. I'm, I'm thinking right now and they're, I'm sure they're okay. They don't listen to this show. I, I assure you. I'm thinking of two of my best friends on the planet, John and Todd. And their wives, Jennifer and Melissa. Um, and I'm thinking of my wife and those two guys. I would trust my wife to go on vacation with those two guys. I yeah. would, I have sought out, hey, Melissa, how do I look in this shirt? And she would say, you look great, man. You like really look handsome. And not one time, or Jennifer, hey, can I come crash at y'all's house while I'm in town for school? Absolutely. There's always a bed in my home. Like, right? So it's some of the kindest, most hospitable. And she, I'll walk in and she'll be like, oh my gosh, you've been working out. And like, yeah, never once is that an invitation to hook up, right? 100%. 100%. Because you know why? Because those two men are my brothers and that makes them my sisters. And my yep. personal sister, who I don't talk a lot about, she's she's mine. Like it's real close to my chest. Um, if she tells me I look good, it's like I look handsome. You look good, except for my wife. That's like the next best good feeling when my sister says that. And not one time do I think, oh well, I just want to know what it's like to kiss you. That's just stupid, man. What an idiot. What an idiot. What a violation, man. So it was a complete violation. So I'm. So I'm what's your question? Because yeah, what's your question? Well. I'm struggling because, you know, obviously, like you said, my first instinct was I'm going to kill him. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the, the devastation and the hurt set in yeah. um, and just the complete, you know, betrayal of it all. And, uh, I've just been really struggling with it. I've been anxious about it. Uh, have I you talked to time. him? Have you talked to him? I have, I haven't talked to him since, okay. uh, I mean, I confronted him once, uh, when he decided to show up at my house, when I finally found out. Uh, and I told him, you know, you just need to leave. Like, you're not welcome here. Like, I, I can't talk to you right now, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. and, uh, I just told him like, I need some space, man. Like, you know, I will reach out when, uh, when I'm ready to talk. So, so, you know, uh, I took about a week and then I finally decided like, okay, I might be at a point where I can like type something out and send it to him, you know? And, uh, because initially he sent me a text message saying that he felt bad and, and, you know, he doesn't remember much. And then Aww. he said, and then he said, he said, if what's being said actually happens and I'm more apologetic than I can express. And I'm like, that's just a cop out. Dude. Yeah, dude. You know? Yeah. So not only is he, is he, um, did he make a pass at your, at your about to be wife? 
uh, twice physically, right? And again, like you yep. you mentioned, it's not like there was like this closeness and then like it just kind of happened. He grabbed her face, right? He made a physical, he, like he took hold of possession of, tried to take possession of her body, right? That's, 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 a, that's a layer, that's a layer deeper. Um, then he doesn't have the character to look you in the eye and say, dude, I screwed up in the deepest no. way possible, right? He's like, uh, uh, if, if, uh, if, uh, yeah, dude, I, just don't, I don't have any time for it, man. But get so your, get your I, question, uh, man. Get your question. I talk too long on these sometimes. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, I just am trying to figure out uh, how, number one, if I should even allow him to speak his piece in this. And number two, like, how do I get closure from this man? Because, like, obviously he's out of the wedding. Like, that's 100%. But more than that, like, I am at this point, feel like I'm mourning a, a 20 year friendship. And I just, I'm not sure you are. if I need, you I don't, are. I'm not sure if I need to give him a, a chance to talk it out or if I just need to find closure on my own with this. Um, I'm, I'm going to say something that's probably not going to be very popular on the internet. And I, I don't care. Um, I think that's person specific. Yeah. I don't know that closure is right for everybody. I know me, and I'm thinking back to the friends I have that are 20-year friends. I personally, I feel like I would have to know. Like, what were you doing? Um, that only can happen if someone's willing to take ownership of what they did. Right. Right? Which is not. Yeah. And so at, at that point, I, I got nothing to say, man. Because not only did you did you go after, after my wife, but um, – you think I'm dumb and you're calling me a liar, right? Like, and you're calling my wife a liar. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, at every level, there's violations of trust there. Um, I do, I, I got to tell you. So for me, I hold those type of friendships so sacred. They're holy to me, right? They are so um, important that I would have to hear somebody out. That, but, but that is not instructive wisdom for everybody. That's just me. Yeah. I think in a lot of cases, um, that would be, it would be it. It'd be it. And here's, here's, I always go back to the heaping burning coals, right? Um, I don't think it would be something where I'm going to puff up and act like a Instagram hero and try to be all tough. I don't think that's the thing. Um, I think the conversation to be had is I need you to hear me say, um, you violated my trust at the corest level. You tried to take possession of my wife's body. And I need you to hear, hear me say, you've opted out of friendship with me and my family. And so this is it. I wish you the best. And um, this is over. And I know that sounds dramatic and that sounds like, like, a, like a romantic breakup. But I think after 20 years... There's something to be heard. He needs to hear the resolve for you. Not the, you, because then you you pull yourself down to his level, right? Of this, like, right. you you turn into a high school kid that can't control himself. As, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stoop to your level. I'm going to let you know as an adult, you opted out of this. And it breaks my heart, man. You're my best friend. And bye. Right? And, and I think there's something to that. Um, but also you and everybody listening, that is not for everybody. There are some better things just, dude, I'm not even going to, um, I've, I've gotten bit doing that, like going back to the well, right? Getting back, like someone's ugly to me and I, I reach back out to them and it just digs the hole deeper for me. Um, 
I really try to go the extra mile on some of those things. Um, and it's, it's often not worth it. But for me, I would feel the need to say, I'm putting a period into this. I'm ending this, not you. What you did doesn't end things. I am. And um, I wish you the best. And I'm going to move on with my life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that'd be the way I handle it. I mean, that's what I've been leaning towards, honestly, especially because like we mostly communicate over social and that week after it happened that I was finally calm enough to write something out to him. I went on to our platform that we normally talk on and I'm like, Oh, we're not friends. So then I started digging and he removed me from all social media yeah. before well, I even got a chance to talk to him. So I feel I'll like tell that you, tells me what I need to know. Bro, get out of that world. That's, that's like, that's like he broke up with you in legend of Zelda. Like, it's not real. Right. So right. I, I wouldn't go through like, did you, is he following me? Is he, did he like my post? Get out of that planet, dude. You're gonna drive yourself insane. Be a grown man um, and sit down and talk to him or uh, talk to him on the phone. Like, I don't, I don't feel like talking to you. I don't, I don't want to come see you or, um, or come whatever, but um, uh, I, I, that's going to be that. Right. So I, yeah, I don't have some big magical thing. I wish I did. Um, I can tell you that I think the friendship's over. I don't know that you move past that, but I also think that, um, you get to decide. Everybody listening, you get to decide how this, the, the period into this sentence. If the period is, I'm not ever having that conversation again. Great, great. Hold your head up high. Don't be a child about it. It's over. Somebody violated you in, at, at your core. And I'll also say this. Um, we are often, um, you know, the old saying goes, like, he stabbed me in the back. We are often not prepared when people we love and care about stab us in the face. And it happens. They look you in the eye and they lie to you. They look you in the eye and deeply betray you. And what you said, right, mourning and grieving, that's what it is. It's a death of something. Because what we had was brotherhood. What we had was, I will be there at 2 a.m. What, what we had was, you can always stay at my house. Your wife can always stay at my house. And that's over now. And that hurts, man. It's not cool to say it, and it's like, I don't want to wait. It's Dawson's Creaky. I get that. It hurts, man. It hurts. And so there's going to have to be a season of grieving that and mourning that. And then you, Jared, you're going to have to go find new 20-year friends because you can't do life without them. And you can't be like, oh, that guy hurt me that one time. I'm out. No, dude. That's what that guy did. And I'll tell you, I got some close, close, close buddies. Um, Very close. And I'm not worried for one second about them making a pass on my wife. I'm just not. And so um, those friends are out there. There's more of those friends than what your idiot buddy did. And I'm heartbroken for you, man. 20-year friendships take 20 years to develop. That's hard. It's a lot of investment in time and love. And I hate that you got burned with it, man. I hate that. But I can't make the call for you. But I, I do want to know how you decided to handle it. Holler back at me and let me know. Uh, let me know how it goes. And by the way, don't communicate electronically. Be an adult. No electronic back and forth. That world's over. Call him on the phone or go meet him for coffee. We'll be right back. Almost every day, whether I'm doing my red light therapy, driving to work, listening to the Gregorian chants on the airplane, or just sitting on my front porch, I spend time using Hallo, my go-to app, from music, meditation, and guided prayer. And right now, I'm in a particularly stressful time, deadlines. I just finished a big speech in front of thousands of people, lots of travel. My family's ending school. It's just chaotic. 
And recently I made a decision to dive even deeper into my faith and spiritual practices and all of my life is up in the air and Hello is helping me stay grounded. Hello is the number one prayer app on planet Earth. They have 10,000 audio guided prayers, meditations, including daily prayers, daily gospel reflections, psalm readings, daily minute meditations. And there are places for people who are skeptical and new to the whole faith thing. And there are tons of spaces for those who have been swimming in faith waters for their entire life and they just want to go deeper. Stories, audiobooks, special things for kids, special focuses for mental and emotional health, so much more. And listen, in May, they're going to feature 33 Days to Morning Glory, which is a Marian consecration. And for listeners of The John Deloney Show, you get three months of hallow, all 10,000 plus prayers, meditations, music, all of it for free. Go to hallow.com for three free months of the app. That's hallow.com, H-A-L-L-O-W. Dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go out to Omaha, Nebraska. What's up, Jane? How we doing? Hi, John. I'm good. How are you? Partying. What's up? <laughs> That's not true. I lied to so, you just now. I'm not partying at all. What's up? <laughs> so my question kind of revolves, it's kind of a long thing, but more so about how to move on or forgive after, and I don't even know if this is the right term, like emotional infidelity. Okay, talk to me about it. So my husband and I have been together for over seven years now, just married for a little bit less than two. And last December, I found that he was having like inappropriate conversations with like not only a coworker, but an employee of his. Yikes. Um, So inappropriate like... Like sexual. Sexualized? Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, it never even crossed my mind, but, you know, looking, of course, hindsight, looking back that November, we traveled out of town with the what this woman and her husband for a conference. So we were all down in Florida and they wanted to have rooms close to each other so that we could hang out and everything, blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I got to just say, that's the most spurned woman thing. Blah, blah, blah. Right? So, yeah. So good. Like, right. it was just, it was odd. Like, okay, whatever. That's fine. Blah, so, blah, in December, blah. All right. my husband um, was taking our kids to go play dodgeball for a work event. Um, I was supposed to go to a concert that same Saturday night with a group of girlfriends. We both had plans. Great. It was fine. Well, I ended up getting sick that Friday night before. Um, So I was out with the flu while undergoing IVF treatments. So that I'm sure didn't help everything as well. Um, Took our kids to play dodgeball. Hey, you need anything before I leave? Nope. Just get out of here. I don't feel well. Don't want the kids around. So that'll be perfect. his plan was to go to dodgeball and then everybody, cause everybody brought their kids too. They were all going to meet up at a restaurant for dinner afterwards and just hang out after and have a couple drinks. Not a big deal. So he kind of fell off the face of the earth that afternoon slash evening. Um, come to find out my mother-in-law actually came to pick up my kids just a couple hours later and took them to see Santa. And my husband decided to go to his buddy's girlfriend's house with him and his buddy, who was a newly divorced gentleman and this other girl by themselves. And this had been set up like two weeks in advance. Hmm. 
What so, happened like, there? They had a, yeah. So they had a whole group conversation for a week before. And he just gave me a bunch of false details. There was but never what, a plan What happened to go to at dinner. that house? Oh, well, I don't know. He turned his location off on his phone. It was like nine o'clock at night. What does he say happened at that house? While I like to think that nothing physically happened. No, what did he, he say? I'm, what did he say? Oh, that they just had some beers and ate pizza and played cards. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Like, and with his buddy, they do do that, but it's always guys. And then we go out to our cabin and we do that. Like his friend, like I've known this guy for years as well. So I just thought, well, that's just weird. Why would you turn your location off? You were not honest with me about going to this woman's house. And then I find out, of course, through questioning, I just had a great gut instinct, unfortunately. Like, nope, they didn't go to dinner. They went to this woman's home. He actually left their home with this other girl to drive her back to work because she was actually supposed to be at work training a new person. So they drove around and were hanging out by themselves for an undetermined period of time. All right. Let's, so let's stop playing Matlock. Bring me to the, bring me me to the present. Like this, clearly this happened, right? Yes. And, um, um, there's a, I'm just, just lost it. Um, it's too early in the morning. Um, there's a legal term which basically says there's a moment when um, the judge turns to the jury and basically because of the deception that appears to be happening in the room, y'all get to make up whatever you want. Maybe it's pleading the fifth. I, my lawyer friends are going to be embarrassed that I don't know this off the top of my head. <laughs> but they're, they're basically because you created this environment, jury, y'all get to imagine whatever worst case scenario you want to. And that is fact. Mm-hmm. Because this person won't speak up and let us know what actually happened. And so I'm giving you that opportunity. Because your husband chose to deceive and lie and lie in so many ways in such a premeditated way, you Mm -hmm. get to imagine whatever you want happened to that house. Yeah. Okay. So bring me, um, we are months away from December. So bring me up to speed. How can I help? Um, So, I mean... Obviously, I mean, he continued to like lie the entire conversation that we had about that. And he kept trying to cover it up. And then he lied more. And yada, and but bring, I, bring I me to now. Like he's he's a happened. liar so and he cheats he on you. He continued okay. to communicate with this woman. Okay. He's opting out of relationship with you. Yeah. He's out. He has opted out. So his justification for the continued conversation. There is none. Granted, there's none. Whatever you're about to tell me, there's none. Here's why. Because his wife looked at him and said, I think you cheated on me with this woman. And he said, I promise I didn't. She's just my friend. And you, as his wife, said, this makes me uncomfortable. This makes me sick to my stomach. I don't trust this. And any self-respecting romantic partner in that moment goes, then this ends. Because there is no other relationship more important than this. Mm-hmm. So whatever justification there is, I don't care. Even despite how... Um, not cool it is. It's probably the most benign way I could say that besides possibly illegal, possibly whatever. If it's somebody that works for you, then for Mm -hmm. sure I'm going to have somebody like this person's boss, this person's leader talk to them, not me. Mm -hmm. That's where that communication ends. that's the problem. Well, so he's her boss. Um, so this was last Monday was when I found that she had texted him. And what's even better is that her best friend texted him an inappropriate picture of these two girls. 
and he, you know, deleted it from his phone and he ended up responding like, I'm married. This is inappropriate. I'm blocking your number. Don't ever try and contact me again. Good for him. But like the fact that that happened, like obviously like he has, he does not do well with confrontation where I'm all for it. If it, the situation calls for it. Except you're not dealing, you're not dealing with this. Why not? No. So this I did. So I actually told him that if you don't go to HR and address it, I will. And I promise that you will both lose your jobs. I do not care. Okay. This is not okay. I'm at that point where I'm already like one foot out the door. Okay. So what's your question? So, well, okay. So this girl got removed from her position. (laughs) You keep going back to the story. Tell me, ask me your question. Ask me your question. I'm just trying to decide like... (laughs) Do I just call it quits or do I continue to try and work and do therapy and counseling with him? As now, you know, he says it's not going to continue. What's not going to continue? Like conversations with anybody outside of our marriage. Didn't he say that last time? That's the thing. However, all of the conversations that I had seen were work-related because given his position, he has to be available like 24-7. like he's a director of an emergency room. So okay. he has to be available at all times. And as the fact that she was his employee, there were times that she had to be in communication with him. Yeah, I get that. So I mean, I, I mean, I get it in theory, right? I've been on call 24 seven, 365. I get that life. And you have to, you just got yeah. to answer. I get that. And, you know, he kept the conversations very short and sweet. He actually did have a documented conversation with her between this last incident and the first incident where it was documented with another member of the staff and HR that your communication with me is not appropriate. That's not what you should be doing. You need to keep it professional. Okay. The reason that you should be acting this way. So there was a previously documented thing. So that, 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 that to me, like, um, is a step in the right direction, but right. I, you keep focusing on him. And you're in Mm -hmm. so doing, you're avoiding Jane. You're avoiding you. Okay. The only way I've seen this, and by the way, I have seen this repaired completely. Mm -hmm. Like, and not only repaired, but something else more magnificent has been built in its place. Okay. Not to say that people should run out and cheat on their spouse just so they can build something new. No, but um, I've seen it happen. Two things have to be present for that to happen, or three. The first one is, Everybody's got to be honest about what happened. Everybody. And you still have doubts to the original integrity of his story. Mm-hmm. And just as a guy, Roman walking down the road, who's been married for a long, long time, that story sounds sketch. Here's why. Um, if you premeditate something for weeks to set something up, and you go to the trouble to deceive your wife, have somebody else come pick up your kids. I mean, the whole the whole thing. You don't do that for a couple of beers and cards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You go play. You go play. You go drink beers and and, and play cards. At worst, you tell your wife, "Hey, I'm going over to my buddy's house," and you don't tell him that she's going to be there. You don't go through this whole thing. Something else was going mm-hmm. on. Okay, so that's number one. I don't buy the story. You got to have complete honesty across the board. And that might be you saying, okay, this is the moment. This is the moment. I'm interested in, in staying in this thing because I, I, I have a sense in your heart you are, but you feel like you should leave. And 
that you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place and that rock and a hard place is Jane left and Jane right. So I think there's something to be said for, I'm interested in it, but we can go no further until you say everything. The second one is you have to be honest and very, very clear about what trust rebuilding looks like because you can't have him read your mind. Yeah. You have to say, if there is any work conversation between you and this woman, I get to see it. And by the way, we review your text once a week, or I'm going to put this app on your phone. If that's what you need, if you turn your tracker off, then I file for divorce. Like whatever you think you need for a season to begin to rebuild trust. But most people don't have the courage to say what they actually need. And then they just get mad when the other person doesn't meet some, doesn't read their mind, right? Mm -hmm. The third thing is, if you are in, you, and, I, and again, he's not on the phone. I'd be having a whole different conversation if he was on the phone. But with you, if you choose to stay, you have chosen to stay. And this cannot be something that you keep in your back pocket every day for the rest of your marriage. And that's what I think I'm definitely struggling with. I can tell that because even <laughs> even the ability just to say, hey, what's going on in your heart? I got I I to tell the story again. I got to tell the story again. I got to tell the story again. And my pro I guarantee you, you have looped that story in your mind for months, right? Yeah. And have you imagined things that happened in your mind for months? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And then you get sick and then you get mad at him. And so now you've created, he's, Granted, he set this world up, but he mm -hmm. is now um, on the receiving end of your imagination. Mm -hmm. And well, as I'm I told you angry. earlier, <laughs> he, he created that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. by, by just giving you a stupid story. He didn't even try hard to lie to you. Right. Uh, by giving you a stupid story, fine. I get to make it whatever I want then. And so those three things have to be true for this thing to work. And what does that look like in real time? Um, the first one is, you have to decide that every time that thought pops in your mind about him walking in that apartment, that you stop that right there. Mm -hmm. You don't go that extra road where she walks up to him and he reaches up and undoes the top, but you can't, you can't do that. You have to choose to opt out of that imaginary scenario because you don't know. And even if you do know, you have to choose to not continue to revisit that scenario because y'all are building something new now. That's your work. But also, I'll say it again, you can't do that work on a, on a foundation of dishonesty. And he's got to come clean. Yeah. And if he comes clean and says, I'm looking you in the eyes, I'm holding both your hands, I'm sitting here with our counselor, I did not have a physical relationship with her. I sounded like Bill Clinton just then. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, sound, I was just telling yeah, Kelly, just looked, I sound like Bill Clinton just then. Um, <laughs> You have to decide whether I can believe him or not. Mm -hmm. And I've heard men look me in the eye and say, dude, I didn't do anything. And she doesn't believe me. I've heard that. And I've also heard women be like, no, I trust him. And I'm like, what? Why are you trust? So I can't, I can't give that to you, but you're going to have to decide that. That's going to have to be a call that you make. I recommend having a neutral third party there, whether that's a counselor, whether that's a minister y'all trust, whether that's somebody that is going to help navigate the conversation. Um, but it's got to start from a place of honesty. It's got to start from a place of you telling the truth. Like, here's what I need. 
And it's going to be you on your side saying, I'm going to stop going back to, I'm going to try to build something new. And he's going to have to live into the things that you, you requested of him. He's going to have to be a person of integrity and stop um, either stalking sexually explicitly with his, his, someone who works for him, which is completely inappropriate, or sleeping with somebody that's, that works for him. It's completely inappropriate, whatever. He's got to stop all that nonsense. And it sounds like what you're saying is he's making some steps in that right direction. I also know it is so easy that when somebody has a crush on you, that you lean into that. Feels good. Feels awesome. And it just becomes a slippery slope, right? It just becomes a slippery slope. I get it. But y'all gonna have to choose to build something new, regardless. Let me know how that conversation goes, Jane. I wish I could just wave my magic wand and say, this is what you should do. But there's a lot of complexity here. um, And I still don't think the truth is out. And he wants to call me. I'd love to talk to him. That would make for um, some clarity for me and probably be <laughs> offer some clarity for the audience too. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Let's go out to Chicago and talk to Megan. What's up, Megan? Yes. Hi. How are you, Dr. D? I'm good. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing pretty good too. Thanks for asking. Of course. Um, my husband and I are just huge fans of you. So we just wanted to like give a little shout out and say thank you for all you do because you've really helped improve our lives. And also I think he's a little jealous that I get to talk to you today. <laughs> uh, are you guys coming to the uh, live event in Chicago? <laughs> we are. So we're very excited about that. All right. I want you to hang on the line and uh, I'm going to get your info from Jenna and I'm going to get you backstage and you can come meet everybody and get photos and, and all that kind of stuff. Is that cool? Oh, that is more than beyond cool. Oh my gosh. My, my husband's going to be so excited. Okay. But you got to tell your <laughs> husband that like, Hey, like I, I know some folks. And so I hooked us up. Okay, cool. Oh, I will. I'll, I'll say it was my friends over at Ramsey network. <laughs> and, and, oh, even better. If you don't tell him at all and you ask him to wear the, literally the dumbest shirt he has in his closet and then <laughs> surprise him, they'll be captured in photo, 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 forever right okay so all right on to the call so what's up um so i guess i'll ask my question and then give a little bit of context um so now that i'm newly a mom uh how do i stop my chronic people pleasing and set up boundaries (laughs) for my daughter with family (laughs) Um, well do seven somersaults and some jumpy jacks and it goes away i'm just kidding so what give me a scenario you called for a reason what happened Um, so I have like kind of two scenarios, one that's recently happened. And then one we're trying to figure out how to newly approach since the one didn't go as how we were hoping. Um, our daughter was born extremely premature at 26 weeks. And for the safety of her, we set some rules, uh, when she finally came out of the NICU. Um, but now we've recently been kind of like guilt tripped into trying to break those boundaries. Okay, hold on. I'm, 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 I'm going to interrupt you as we go. Is that cool? Yeah. Oh, okay. sure. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to do this for yourself as a people pleaser. Okay. okay. So one of the most important things is to not let the ball get pushed off the top of the mountain, because the stone, because it just starts rolling and it collects things. Remember those old cartoons where the, uh, the snowball gets pushed off the top of the mountain, and by the time it gets to the bottom, it's just huge? 
Yes. That's what our thoughts do, okay? So I'm going to interrupt you, and this is what you need to do as you're heading into the rest of, of motherhood, okay? Okay. Number one, this child is your baby, you and your husband's baby. You made some rules as a couple about the health and safety of your baby, probably in consultation with a doctor. Nobody else gets a vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right. So cool. when you are walking on the street and you're like, I know, but they're starting to guilt trip me. I'm going to interrupt myself and go, hold on. I'm the mom. I'm the mom. Nobody gets a vote except for my <laughs> husband. That's it. All right, on to the right. next. Okay, so they're guilt tripping you. Yeah, I mean, they've always just guilt tripped us. And who's general. they, by the um, way? In laws. Um, uh, all four sets of family. <laughs> all so, four. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, because my parents are divorced, and then his parents are currently working through their divorce. Oh, so, fantastic! Uh, we we have. Yeah, so we have four sets of families, um, and she's the first grandbaby. Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to break, like, being a people pleaser and learn how to set boundaries because I want to lead by example, just knowing, like, I don't want my daughter to grow up the same and struggle awesome. with things and situations I have because I was kind of raised this way. Yep. Um, kind of. But like our 100%? Newest- <laughs> a thousand percent, yeah. <laughs> okay, Here, um, let, me, let, me, let me interrupt. So here's at the core of people pleasing. What I think, what I know, and what I feel matter less than what everybody else thinks, feels, and knows. Mm-hmm. And so the reversal of that process is to begin with what kind of life do I want to live? What kind of home do me and my husband want to co-create together? Right. And you, you, you build that out that way. And often, this sounds counterintuitive and it's very non-Instagrammy, right? Start with feelings. What, what do you want your home to feel like when y'all walk into it? Mm-hmm. I want my house, and I'll tell you, me and my wife did this exercise. I wanted my house to feel warm when I walked into it. And interestingly, that meant I had to clean up my crap. And when my house feels chaotic and a little bit cold, it's often because I've got piles of just stuff everywhere. I'm a piler, right? I wanted there to be laughter and joy in my house, more so than frustration and bickering and chaos. Last Mm -hmm. night, we put all the phones away and we played Trivia Pursuit. And we have the kid one for when my daughter gets there and my son's with the adult one. We were talking trash. We were laughing, dancing. It was a, just turned into a mess. And it ended with crying and tears like they usually do. But what, the 80% we got out, it was awesome, right? So, mm-hmm. but we chose, I want our house to feel like this. And then we reverse engineered that with what do we have to do to make it that make it feel like that right and and conversely what do we want our holidays to feel like what do we want the first three months of our baby's life to feel like and what do we need what has to be true for that to to um happen and it might be we don't visit we're not visiting family for the first 90 days it's our first baby we're gonna get our head screwed up on straight this baby was really dicey out of the gate we're gonna make sure everybody's on top of things and then we'll reach back out and that's you ending people-pleasing by saying, I matter. 
the way I feel, what I know to be true, what my doctor suggests, what I think, that stuff matters. And that's how you work your way out of it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's, that's cute. Okay, but how do I make them not hate <laughs> me, right? <laughs> well, uh, so she's been home for about two months. So we did kind of go through similarly that. But funny enough, my question was about <laughs> and how we approach that. Because uh, we'd want to kind of change family traditions and start our own here, which Good. would like, include say, okay. having Christmas say, morning alone. <laughs> say that out loud, probably in an email. Okay. Okay. Say that in an email. Mm. Me and let's pretend your husband's name was Dan. Me and Dan are creating our new family traditions for our core family unit. And part of that will be, we don't travel on new year's day. Part of that will be, we don't travel on Christmas Eve. We wake up and have Christmas as a family unit on Christmas morning. And then y'all decide what comes after that. If he has to go back to work the next day, that means we have from noon until 7 p.m. at night before baby goes down. And I want to tell you this. This is hard in divorce families, and this is unpopular what I'm about to say, and I don't care. They chose to get divorced. They chose, they decided as adults to either be able to or not be able to be in the same room together. They Mm -hmm. made that choice as adults. They're not babies. They're not kids. And so if they have chosen to get divorced and they have chosen to not be able to, I'm not being in the same room with them or it'd be too weird. Great. We're making one stop. So we'll see y'all this year and we'll see them next year. Ta-da. That is not (laughs) y'all withholding. That is them making adult choices. You see the difference? Yes. And you, Megan, are not responsible for other adult choices. You're responsible for you and your family unit and you and your husband working together. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I know that's hard, but listen, sending an email is good because A, that keeps the pressure of people from talking you out of what you've already decided. That Mm -hmm. stops the, okay, but all right, I'll call you back. Let me, let me think on it. Um, but dad, but your dad has to do this thing and your stepmom needs to go do this with her kids. And so we need you to be here at, that's not, it's not going to work this year. And so if you send out a map via email, this is the way this is going to be. And let me be honest with you, hundred percent. You're going to put up these boundaries. As soon as you told everybody you were pregnant, they created a picture in their mind of what this baby was going to do for their life. Very so, accurate. <laughs> so any boundary you put up is something they're going to have to grieve because it's changing the picture that they created. But your baby is not a puzzle piece in their puzzle. They're, this baby is not a pacifier for their life. This baby is not a... Uh, a cigarette or a drink to make them feel better about the world they've created. It's just a human being and it's yours. And so I say that to say, expect them to be upset with you. Expect them to be like, well, I just can't believe that. That's fair. That's fair. And I'm going to tell you on the back end of that years, years later, my in-laws, my parents are so, so respectful when we say, hey, this year has been 
bananas. This year, we're going to have way more time. This year, we, we can spend two days. This year, we can spend one day or we're not traveling at all. That's the email we sent out last year. Hey, we're not, we're not going to be on the road this year. Um, John's traveling like crazy, meeting with businesses, and um, we're just not going to travel. We're going to spend a, a time together as a family. And we're also not hosting this year. We're just going to take a year off. I know that. I know that was hard for my parents. I know that. And they were so respectful because we built a culture of they trust the son that they raised. My wife's parents trust the, the, the daughter that they raised that they're going to do what's best for their family unit. See what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the mama bear me really wants to do this. I guess it just hurts when I get called neurotic for doing so. <laughs> listen, listen, they're going to call you way worse before it's over. And can I be honest with you? You probably are a little neurotic and that's okay. <laughs> you know, right? Probably you are a little bit. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. It's, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> What I think is really important in these moments, um, honestly, is a couple of girlfriends of yours that you have 24-hour, 365 text availability. Um, I remember watching my wife. She was smart enough to get that on the front end, and it was a, it was a lifeline because she was able to text um, a group of three women, I think it was, maybe four, 24-7, 365. Hey, is this rash normal? Is this weird? What happens if there's fever? Like. I feel like I hate my husband. Is this all normal? And they had, she had friends that would respond instantly. And um, there is, uh, I'll push back on culture a little bit here too. There is part of, of a family legacy. You have to make the trip sometimes, right? You got to go see family. It's, it's long. It's annoying. Um, being a part of a family tree does not mean it's always just the greatest thing ever. There is long road trips mm -hmm. for a one-day trip. There is expensive flights sometimes. That's part of it. And so I don't want you to create boundaries so much that you isolate yourself from everybody. Um, mm -hmm. But you get to decide when those long trips are going to be and for what purposes. And having a group of women in your life that you can text and be like, am I crazy? Am I neurotic? And they'll go, yeah, you're insane. Go to the birthday. What's the matter with you? Um, and they don't, have any, they don't have any skin in the game other than they love you and they'll tell you the truth. Is that I fair? That. Yeah. It's, it, it keeps you from feeling like you are fighting in-laws by yourself. Mm -hmm. And having to decide why all four of these adults, couples, um, are ganging up on you. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, here's, the, here's the exercise I want you to do. I want you to go with your husband. And I want you all to start with how do we want the first holiday with our new baby to feel? We want it to feel adventurous. Do we want it to feel still and quiet and calm? Do we want it to feel gentle? Do we want it to feel like a party? You get to decide. Everybody's different. And then you get to decide from there, okay, that means we, we probably shouldn't travel this year. If we want to be calm and chill, we should not travel. We want it to have adventures. We want our first, our first uh, Christmas with our little one. We want it to be like fun and like we're cool parents still. Great get a two-week road trip, take off work, go get them, right? Y'all get to decide that. But I want y'all to begin to map it out. And as you enter into September, October, send the email out early to all families. This is what this is going to be. And by the way, if they're like, we don't like to be included on emails with your, your, your mother's ex-husband. Sorry, I'm sending one email, guys. I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to cr- cut the crust off your bread. You could be an adult. Um, but I'm going to send this out to everybody and just say, hey, look, um, here's what we're going to do for Christmas this year. Here's when we're going to be available or not available. And um, we're so honored that y'all are going to walk alongside us as we create this new family. And I think th- just taking some ownership there, let them say what they're going to say. And by the way, if they say a bunch of ugly, mean stuff, then um, they may opt out completely. You get to decide that. You get to decide that. Stay on the line. Um, Jenna's going to, um, she's going to get your info for the backstage stuff. And um, she's going to send you a copy of my brand new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life. I want you and your husband to work through this book together and the exercise as you follow the path. I think it would help your home, your entire home to say, okay, who are we attached to that's running our life for us? Who are we trying to please? What companies are telling us what we're doing with our time and our money and whatever? It's going to help you reclaim ownership. It's, in a, it's a book about empowerment and hope. And I want to give that to you all as a gift, as, your, uh, as, a, as a baby gift. Um, for you all to create a home, it's going to be different than the one you grew up in. And a marriage is going to be different than the one you all both watched fall apart. And a kid that's not going to be a people pleaser, but a kid that's going to know their own inherent value and worth. You're awesome. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, Kelly just brought in um, Rick Springfield lyrics. Jesse's girl, what what are we doing here? So when you were on the first call with Jared about his best friend hitting on his fiance, immediately in my mind, instead of Jesse's girl, I started singing Jared's girl. Uh, There we are. I wish that I had Jared's girl. Yep. Huh. All of you that write in your comments and say that I'm the one that has the problems. I want you to see what we're working with here. No, I want y'all to see what I'm working with. <laughs> that explains a lot. All right, so we're going to insert insert it. Jared is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. Jared, bro, we're just <laughs> we're just laughing with you because that's all we can do, right? But lately something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jared's got himself a girl, and I want to make her <laughs> mine. This is just going to get dark quick. And she's watching him with those. Uh, I think I'm probably just going to stop here. This is the part where Deloney usually gets himself in a lot of trouble because he thinks things are funny that other people don't. I love you guys. Stay in school. Be nice to each other or be kind at least. Tell the truth. Be good. See you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>